listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. Or if you're in the area, come visit us in person. to keep it under 45 minutes because we've got communion today. No, it'll be a fraction of that, I promise you. Um, my sermon is going to be uh, actually an abbreviated sermon because of communion, but, um, and I do want to um, give you a little forewarning. Uh, the topic I'm going to be talking about today does definitely have a negative overtone. There is some doom and gloom in it, and for that, I guess I can apologize, although it is what it is, but all I'm going to say is just, just stay with me. Um, and then also, I, I just also want to say thanks or uh, congratulations to the Chelhugs on the birth of their daughter. That's, that's a wonderful gift that the Lord has entrusted to them um, and so happy to see that. So, um, We're going to continue the missionary series that we've been working on for the past several weeks. And one thing I want you to know is this missionary series that we're going through right now was actually picked by you guys. This wasn't picked by the elders or picked by Pastor Chelhog randomly. It was actually picked by you guys. And where it came from is when we did the surveys back in the winter, uh, a large number of the surveys that came back said, we as a church need to be more extroverted and less introverted. And I'll tell you, that was music to our ears because we couldn't agree more with that. Um, it, it, was, it was wonderful to hear that. And so we're doing some things uh, to that end, but, but we, we thought that a series on being a missionary uh, would work toward that goal. So I just wanted to let you guys know that this was actually a topic that was picked by you. Um, before I get started, I'm going to, if, you, if you've got your Bibles, I'd ask you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. And I've got a few scripture references, and they're all in the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, just leave, leave it open. But today we're going to look at um, Matthew 10, or we're going to start with Matthew chapter 10, and we're going to go verse 5 through 15. Again, Matthew chapter 10, starting with verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Rather, go to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper or take with, to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the call that you have given us to go out in the mission fields that we have, in the mission fields that we have access to. Lord, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. And Lord, let us keep that in the back of our mind. Let us not get frustrated and feel that we're inadequate, but know that you empower us to do your tasks, and let us put our faith and our confidence in you to allow that. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this congregation and this time together. May the, may the service be, bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So, one of the big laments for Christianity today, uh, for all of us, for all the churches, for all the different denominations, regardless of what it is, is that this country has drifted away from God. And it's done that in kind of a major way. Um, you know, I look back a couple years ago to the pandemic, and the pandemic affected, affected this church really not much differently than it affected many churches across the United States. Um, we shut down for a period of time. People went to their home, stayed in their homes. Um, they watched the services online and called it good. A lot of people really missed the church. Some people didn't. They said, hey, this is, this is working out pretty fine. The churches got back together. Some people said, you know, this worked out fine. Left us more time for our day. We'll just watch the service online. And, and a lot of people didn't come back. But the reality is the culture has moved away from the church. And it started way before the pandemic ever did, two years ago. You know, I don't know exactly when that started. Was that 40 years ago? Was it 50 years ago? Who knows? I, I, I don't know. But a lot of people say it was somewhere in the 70s that the culture kind of moved away from the church. Um, <clears throat> I know uh, up until recently, my definition of a missionary or my thought of a uh, missionary was a young couple who had gone through seminary. They decided to serve God with their all. They garnered the support of several churches to make them viable financially, and then they went to the country that they felt that they were led to. And oftentimes it was Africa or Mexico or China or Guatemala or whatever. But you know, today that mission field has shifted from those countries that we think in the back of our mind to right here, right here in our backyards. And with that, there's actually a lot of new and exciting opportunities, but we just have to be aware of it. And we have to, we have to know that things have changed and we have to, to, to address it as such. Back in the mid-90s, uh, the Honduras government commissioned a bridge to be built over what they call the Chaluteca River. And it was going to be a pretty big bridge, a third of a mile long. It was going to be in an area that was subject to storms. And so they commissioned, they, they, they went worldwide on their search of engineers and architects and, and construction firms. And they ended up settling on a company out of Japan called the Hazama Ando Corporation. And they had the Hazama Ando Corporation begin construction uh, of this bridge in 96. And it took this Japanese firm 96, 97, and into 98 before the bridge was actually complete. For those of you who don't know what Honduras looks like, it's actually a very mountainous area. And just like all the mountainous areas that we have here in like where our, our kids and our youth are going to, the mountains come down and usually there's a valley and that's where all the rainwater drains to and then the, the rainwater drains from the rivers out into the ocean eventually. <clears throat> in October of 98, there was a hurricane brewing in the Caribbean Sea and the hurricane actually built up the power to be classified as a category five hurricane, the, the, the worst that it gets in the Caribbean Sea. The good news is by the time the hurricane hit land, it had been downgraded to category one. The bad news is it went over Honduras, it put it in neutral, pulled the parking brake, and just pounded Honduras for days. Within a few days they stopped, or within a few hours they stopped measuring the rainfall in inches and started measuring it in feet. After a couple days, 
they had over six feet of water that was dumped on this area of Honduras. And what happens in a mountainous area when all that water comes down? Not only do you have all the water that's coming down with all the ferocity from the, from the sky, you've got all the rainwater that's coming down toward the low lands. So all of a sudden, this bridge uh, over the Chaluteca River was right in the middle of the path. And Tracy, do you have the picture of that bridge? It came down, the, 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 the water came down with such ferocity that it actually changed the course of the river. You'll see on the right there, the bridge looks a little silly at this point, doesn't it? Looks a little out of place. Was the bridge put in the wrong spot? Of course it wasn't put in the wrong spot. The problem was the river moved. It's a good parallel to what's happened to the mission field here in the United States. You know, oftentimes you never thought of the mission field being right in our backyards, but it, it has moved into our backyards. It's moved from China and, and some of the communist countries, some of the Muslim countries, some of the areas that we traditionally knew that there was a very lack uh, of, of gospel being shared right into our backyards. So it's a good parallel, good metaphor for what, what's happened there. For decades, the church was the first building that was built in a new community. When a new community was popped up, the, the, the residents had a need to worship, and the church was one of the first buildings that, that popped up. Uh, it was the center of the community. Um, I wasn't around in the 50s and 60s, but it almost seems oversimplified to me. They would open the doors, they would say service time is at 10 o'clock, and the people would come. Today it doesn't work that way, does it? Um, but back in that day, the church spanned the river. It met the needs for the community. Today, people look at the church and they say, mm, no thank you. It's tough to say, it's tough to swallow, but a lot of times schools are the center of the community right now. Used to be the schools would schedule their extracurricular activities around the traditional worship times of the local churches. Now I, 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 uh, I hate to say it, but I think the tail wags the dog a little bit. That's definitely changed. I uh, normally would never be in favor of promoting a book from the pulpit. I think there's one and only book to promote from the pulpit, and this is not it. But I have to, fulfill, in full disclosure, tell you that a lot of my message this morning is coming from this book. And this is a book that uh, the elders have read, along with Pastor Chelhog. I highly recommend it. It's an outstanding book. It's by uh, Greg Finke. It's called Joining Jesus on His Mission, How to Be an Everyday Missionary. And part of my material that I'm talking about today comes from chapter 3. But I want to read to you some of the, some of the survey findings that they have found and, and published in this book. Surveys reveal that over the last few decades, literally millions of people who previously were members of churches have walked away. Even in so-called church communities, the percentage of church goers actually attending worships uh, on any given Sunday hovers between 18 and 22%. So maybe one in five. And that's a church community. That's a Christian community. The number of Americans who say they have no religious affiliation has hit an all-time high. Confidence in organized religion has hit an all-time low. Less than 10%, and it kind of gets worse as you go down, less than 10% of adults under 30 regularly participate in the life of a local congregation. In overwhelming numbers, young adults perceive the organized church to be unnecessary to their spiritual journey. Pretty sad, but it's actually the reality of where we're at. You know, Ezekiel calls Israel back in the time, biblical times, a, shep, a sheep without a shepherd. And I think it would be pretty tough to say that we are any different here in this country at this point in time right now. 
And it's hard to stomach. You know, Hebrews 10.25 talks about not forsaking the assembly of ourselves and not exhorting one another. Um, but the trend is smacks right into the face of, of, of that verse. The thing is, is it is what it is. But here's the thing. If the culture doesn't want to come to the church, we have to go to the culture. And this is actually nothing new. This is how the gospel originally proclaimed going out uh, to, from the disciples and going out to the people, not having them come to you. You know, a stagnant church is a dying church. And it's easy to think of what worked so well in the past. That's, 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 that's gone now. That's different now. We have, to, we have to look at things a little bit differently. So now we are the mission field right here, and we as followers of Jesus are the missionaries. You know, it might be difficult to, to get our arms around that because we may, on so many levels, feel inadequate. You know, we're not prepared. We're not schooled. We don't have the scripture at the tip of our tongue, you know, committed to memory, whatnot. But, you know, that's also kind of shortchanging God by saying we can't do it. Of course we can do it. God will give you the ability to do what needs to be done. He gives you all different gifts that can be used in different ways. Um, Matthew 9, if you still have your Bibles open to Matthew, I'm going to read just a quick thing from Matthew 9. Jesus went through uh, Matthew 9, chapter 35, ah, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he, un he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The workers were few then, just like it may seem today. But he's telling them, go out to them. Don't, don't wait for them to come to you. Go out to them. And we have to understand that this is the new normal. Not only to understand it, but we have to embrace it as the new normal. We're largely an unchurched nation at this point, but that doesn't mean that the harvest is, isn't ripe. You know, if you look at it, um, think about some of the people that you encounter throughout the course of a week. There's a lot of people that are looking for truth, that are looking for honesty, that are looking for redemption, that are looking for kindness. You guys know that. You, you guys run into these people. There's a lot of people that have spiritual questions. They just don't want to come to a church where they feel damned to hell after the first sermon. Pastor Chelhog said it best just uh, a couple weeks ago. He said it's less about going to church on Sundays and more about being the church in the community on Monday through Sunday. I would say that, you know, there, there's always opportunities out there. And I love the fact that some of these have started up the backpack attack and serving in the schools, um, uh, the Sunshine Group. And, and, and I just love the people who have taken the initiative to do that. But it doesn't have to be a sanctioned church type of uh, mission. I mean, you can, it can be something that you and your spouse do on your own. It can be something that you do on your own. It doesn't need to be sanctioned by the church. When new people come into the church, I guess the one thing I would say is, Look in the mirror. Do we come across as clicky? Are we talking to the same people we've known for the last 20-some years? Or are we making sure that we're reaching out to those new people? Do people think this church is more concerned about issues than people? Do they know us as what we're more for against versus what we're actually for? Back in the late 90s, a gentleman by the name of Spencer Johnson wrote a book, and maybe some of you have read it, called Who Moved My Cheese? And... 
a lot of the companies were using, I see a few heads nodding, a lot of the companies were using that book, uh, including the one that I worked for at the time. So around 2002, 2003, um, we read it as a, as a company and, and, and went over it in a meeting. And, and just a real quick recap of the book, you had um, obviously a fictitious story of a maze, and you had two mice in the maze named Sniff and Scurry, and you had two little people in the maze called Hem and Haw. And they lived over on this side of the maze, but they ate over on this side of the maze. The cheese was over on this side of the maze. So they learned the route real quick to that pile of cheese. And they ate from that pile of cheese for a long time. And as the saying goes, they got fat, dumb, and happy on that pile of cheese and got very used to it. Until the day came that the cheese ran out. And all of a sudden, Sniff and Scurry put their running boots on and said, we've got to go find more cheese. We're going to starve. And Hem and Haw said, oh, man, it's always been here. How could it have moved? Who moved it? We're entitled to this cheese. It's got to come back. Well, we'll come back tomorrow. It'll be here. And they did that day after day after day until one of them, I don't remember which one, said, I got to go look for some new cheese. Times change. And to live a missional life, we can't be that hem and haw and say, man, maybe, maybe we need to move the service to a different time or maybe we need to do this. No, we got to go out. We got to go out in the community and bring the church to them. Maybe they don't ever come to the doors. Maybe, maybe they do. But we can't live a missional life living, living like Hem and Haw did. The river's moved. The cheese has moved. And it's hard to accept, but we can't ignore it. Remember what Jesus told the Pharisees, um, Matthew chapter 22. Verses 34 through 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Jesus, which is the greatest commandment uh, in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The commandment from the very beginning was to go out, not stay here and wonder, why has my cheese been moved? Why aren't people coming to church? It's to go out to the community, bring the church to them. Just know, too, that when we do make a concerted effort, when we do make a plan, when we do follow up on it, God's work will never, retain, will never return with a void. 2 Chronicles 15, 7 says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we don't know that we like it, but we understand that things have changed, times have changed. Lord, give us the ability to adapt. Give us the ability to adjust and know that the harvest is still ripe and that we need to go out there and find the fruit and pick the fruit. Lord, give us the means, give us the courage and the examples to go forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's Pastor KJ. O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen.